Hey Winers, Sarah here to introduce our special episode of Petite Syrah, and it's a throwback. What you're about to hear is basically the prototype of Wining with Nurses. This is back before we had Kat, Desi, or Takeshi. It was just me and Jen recording in the spare bedroom with no professional equipment and no filter. The recording sounds quite different from our usual stuff, so take it with a grain of salt or a swig of pickle juice and tune back in in the coming weeks for more of the Petite Syrah you know and love. Cheers! When we're both, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away. You can do the same cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Hello! Welcome to Whining with Nurses. I'm Sarah Hidgey. And I'm Jen Sweeney. So today we're going to be talking to you first about the wine that we are drinking right now. That's right. What are we drinking right now? This is a lovely bottle of Breca, B-R-E-C-A. That's how that's spelled. And it says... Russia. Breca. We're not exactly sure because it's from Spain. This is from Spain. It says it's 100% Garnacha, or how we like to say it in the U.S., Grenache. Yum, yum. And Some let's of my see. favorite grapes. What What are you tasting in this wine, Jen? Let's see. It smells delicious. Nice and light. That's what I like about some of those wines from other countries. They're a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. I'm tasting pepper. Mm-hmm. A big peppercorn. Uh, it is a bit peppery. A little bit. Aftertaste. Yeah, I like that. Reminds me a little bit more of a Zinfandel or something with that pepper. Yeah, it does. I'm tasting some dark fruits, maybe some uh, stewed berries. Oh, listen to me. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm tasting <laughs> some stewed blueberries and blackberries. Blackberry. I do yeah. taste that. I'm maybe a little bit of cherry. Yeah. And also... I was never very good with... Vanilla. Maybe a little bit of vanilla or... I have a... It has like a cinnamon or like a spicy type of It is a little scent spicy. On my, palette. So we're, yeah. we're totally authorities on this because we took a class mm. last year and it's called wine tasting and appreciation. So yeah, what was it? Yeah. Wine tasting and appreciation. Wine tasting yeah. and appreciation. So we're pretty official. I think we even got a certificate. We did. We're experts now. We're, we're the best wine yeah. drinkers that you would ever meet. My only complaint was there wasn't quite enough wine when we went to taste it. I agree. I was like I need a little bit more in my glass if I'm really going to taste it. They were serious. They meant a taste, one taste. Stick your tongue in, half of it's gone. <laughs> pretty much. I'm pretty sure I finished it before anybody in that class. So to introduce you to our show, this is a show by nurses, for nurses. Just kidding. It's for anyone. But we're going to talk to you about wine and... Medical advice? Well, maybe not advice, but yeah, some opinions. That. We're off duty. Yeah. We're not. We're not helping you. Yeah, we don't really want to give too much advice out there. We don't want to be legally responsible for anything like that. But we will talk about our opinions and current events. That's true. This is more self help, I would say. Yeah, we're not helping you. We're helping you help yourself. Uh, we we just want to whine about our own day. And we want to tell you about the crazy shit we've seen. I'm a nurse. Jen's a nurse. Yep. We both enjoy wine. We enjoy being nurses, but you know, if you're a nurse or if you've ever worked in healthcare, you probably know that it can be really crazy. People crazy, are crazy. crazy. Yeah. So that's... Don't, don't worry. We've seen it all. So 
Yep, including yep. your butthole. We've seen all it's of your true. buttholes and your grandmother's butthole. Yep. So, so what we're going to talk about today are traumatic injuries. Because I do work on the trauma floor and ortho floor. I've only been there a year, but I have seen some shit. And I've caused a lot of trauma. So I have some yes. personal experience with this. Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite subjects to make fun of Sarah about was the fact that she used to be a cheerleader. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know I had a couple friends that were cheerleaders, but if you know Sarah, she's not the typical cheerleader. She's not the skinny bitch that we were talking about. She's skinny, but no bitch. So, but I've got spirit. <laughs> yes, I do. She does have a lot of spirit. Yeah. But, you know, when I think of cheerleaders, I think of that peppy, like, it's not really a sport. I like to jump around. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, I asked Sarah's permission today if I could talk about cheerleading and the um, traumatic effects that can occur. I don't know if you know this, but it's one of the most um, high impact traumatic sports that can actually, actually, I don't even think it's officially a sport yet, but for young girls, this is the number one cause of brain injuries and other spinal really? cord injuries. Yep. Whoa, I didn't know. I mean, it I sure knew is. that there was a high risk of injury and trauma in this sport, but because it is a sport, because you have to lift and do gymnastics and dance, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> well, what prompted my um, decision to talk about this today was we did have one young girl come in about a couple months ago, I guess this was, the beginning of the school year, and... She was actually 17, so usually we wouldn't see, like, that's technically pediatrics. They wouldn't be on our floor, but because of our specialty in trauma and ortho, she was there, and she had come in from, I think, Ukiah with a spinal cord injury because of cheerleading. What happened to her? Do you know what the stunt was? I don't know what the stunt was. Were they was. doing a basket toss? She wasn't very talkative. <laughs> the basket toss. So, poor thing, you know, being young, didn't want to... I could tell she just didn't want to talk about things, but I do know that she had been doing some stunt where she had been on top, whatever it is they do with the pyramid situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she ended up on the bottom oh. and she ended up being okay. I had her a couple days after she came in and she was probably going to be discharged the next day, but it is a very scary thing to have to go through, poor thing. So what were her injuries? What happened when she came in? Well, she did have basically a stress fracture like in her um cervical spine so she initially came in with the parathesias like numbness and less movement in her extremities like her fingers and her toes but slowly she was regaining um mobility oh that's scary for a teenager it is it would be but that's that's how your body protects you so first couple days after a spinal injury are important you don't know what the effects may be until about 72 hours after So that's why the quicker you get care, the better. So then what did you guys do for her? What was the treatment? They did some therapy with her. Um, They did, they didn't really do too much. It was more pain control, decrease inflammation medicines for that, like steroids. But there, you know, luckily for her, she got very lucky and where her fracture was, you know, she just had to have a brace on. So if yeah. you're out, let's say I'm back in high school and I'm cheerleading and I was always a base. I wasn't ever a flyer or a That's top. That's what I was going to say. If you're going to do cheerleading, you don't want to be the skinny bitch. 
you don't want to be the one on top that they're throwing around. So that's another dig at anorexia. Don't be anorexic because you might have to be on top and get this injury and you probably aren't going to heal from it because you're malnourished, but that's a whole other subject. <laughs> so, that's right. Then you have brittle bones. They're more yes, prone to fractures. Exactly. So you want to be like the person on the bottom. Exactly. The strong one. That's right. I'm so strong. That's why I was on the bottom. Okay. So let's say that I'm a cheerleader and I'm out at the game or even just at practice or a tournament and, and someone falls from a stunt and we think they may have fractured their spine or like their neck or head or something. What do we do? Or their head. <laughs> you, don't, you don't broke your skull. Well, first of all, that would suck. <clears throat> just don't touch them. You know, call 911 and wait for the medical personnel, the paramedics to get there and they will take over. They'll get do all the spinal precautions. So you just want to let them be, lie them flat, and keep them calm is going to be the biggest thing. That's right. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. <laughs> the number one killer. <laughs> okay. I can actually speak personally to this about uh, someone who was injured on my watch, but Uh-oh. it wasn't totally my fault. Okay. And she was... Is this when you were coaching? No, this is when I was um, the captain of the team. the captain. Yes, I was the captain for three years. Uh, (laughs) Like, totally. Um, So this was on a team that my second cousin happened to be on also. And she was a skinny bitch. She was so tiny. She was a little, like, 80-pound thing. And so she was on top in the stunt. And I was a spotter in that stunt, which means you don't really do anything except stand behind and make sure nobody falls and catch them if they fall. But I was doing something illegal... Which was spotting Illegal. two people at once. Oh yes, there's goodness. cheerleading rules. There really that, is some rules. There are a lot of rules. Hmm. Thought it wasn't regulated. And I was breaking them. I was spotting two people at once, and so I happened to not be behind my second cousin at the time because she was on the lower level stunt. So like hmm. somebody else was up higher than she was. So I didn't think she was at as much risk, and I was watching the other person more closely. And she fell, and she broke her collarbone. <gasps> oh, sorry, Tabitha. <laughs> That's all my fault. Well, at least the collarbone is fixable. It is. And And she's better. She's a normal, healthy person. She's normal now. No thanks to me. No breaking her head. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't break her head. She didn't need to. It was already broken. No. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. Well, that's what happened. So there's definitely the risks, just you young girls out there with um, this you know, in mind, if you want to become a professional cheerleader or whatever, <laughs> there's definitely the risk. So you just got to be safe about it and don't be on top. <laughs> That's my Even motto the in life. Don't, don't ever be on top. <laughs> I know there's lots of pressures. Let someone else be it. on top. Let someone else just take control and Somebody be on else top. Can do it. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just wait and ride it out. <laughs> yep. As far as, um, if this is an actual sport, yeah, that's another conversation we'll have to have another time. If you don't believe it's an actual sport, you need to watch, uh, there's this uh, all-star cheerleading competition group, and they're called bring Shark on. Bite. Oh. No. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Bring no, I love that movie. <laughs> I love Bring It On. I do, too. <laughs> they're called Shark Bite, and they're this um, elite competition team, and they're amazing. They can do all kinds of gymnastics. They can do jumps for days, all kinds of pyramids and stunts, and they do it like for five or six minutes at a time. And it's, that doesn't sound like very long, but if you see the intensity of the things they're doing, you'll be like, whoa. And they're insanely flexible. Well, I do believe that. So they're probably gymnasts. And that's basically what I was. Yeah. No, we were nowhere near that good. Nowhere. Well, gymnastics is definitely an Olympic sport and a popular one, but I don't know if they're going to ever in state cheerleading. Well, 
You know my your dance off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they should have dance offs in the Olympics. I would totally. Yeah, I do. I yeah. think dancing is a good exercise for sure. I wouldn't enter that. I'm not <laughs> that good of a dancer. But she enjoys it still. <laughs> so um, speaking about traumatic injuries and, and fractures, I wanted to talk about this really gnarly fracture I saw one time. So this is when I was working down in Southern California, and we had a patient on the trauma unit who had tried to cross the border a few days prior to me getting him. And he, there was like, a good idea. I know. I mean, well, I'm not going to say, well, <laughs> I, I think sometimes it's okay to try and cross the border, but not well, in, this in this way. Situation. Yeah. So this guy was on the border fence or wall. It was, I think it was a wall. Um, that's right. Wall existed oh, yeah, already wall. back then. See? There are walls down there. <laughs> um, and he was trying to, to climb the border wall and he was being chased by some, uh, border guards. And so oh, he, say rabid dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so he jumped from the wall and it was like a 20 foot wall. And so he fractured both of his tibia and fibula. Is that, and then plural? he got deported. Not yet. Oh. First he was, but he didn't make it across the wall until America. He did. Yes. Yeah, so since he, <laughs> since he landed in the U S he was taken to a, a U.S. hospital in La Jolla. It wasn't even in La Jolla. Oh, okay. It was in San Diego. Um, proper. And, uh, it's so proper. <laughs> <laughs> so he was treated there and he had a border agent that was there waiting oh. for him to recover so that he could, they could process oh, him afterward. No. That's like worst case scenario, except you didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> exactly. He, he did get the best free healthcare. You got some no money allotted, right? He, I'm sure he did get plenty. But you know, by the time I had him, he wasn't even in that much pain, which was amazing to me because he had external fixators on oh, both yes. legs. Which, if you don't know what an external fixator is, if you've ever seen Mean Girls, and at the end of the movie when Regina gets his, hit by a bus. <laughs> And then when she comes back to the prom and she has that weird halo metal thing on her head that leans on her shoulders, well, there are screws going into her skull. That's an external fixator. I think so, the head one would be the worst. I know. That sounds like a headache. I know. Literally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but yeah, the external fixators on the... I've seen those in our hospital. But I think once you just forget about them, you're fine. It's help. It's keeping you think, keeping you together, so you're actually having less pain. Maybe you're fine. I, I for some reason, that's one of the things that freaks, freaks me out. out. Yeah. And this guy had them on both legs, so basically, it's a, a metal like, circle that goes around his all the way down to his. Yeah. So. Tibia. Yeah, I think he did. So he had a metal circle around his thigh, a metal circle around his ankle, and then some bars that go between the two and hold them together. And then pins or screws that come from the outside of your body all the way inside into the bone. So this holds your bones in place, but leaves your skin exposed. So in case there's, you know, an open fracture where the bone pokes through the skin, or if there's some reason we need to be able to see your skin and assess it, like if they're worried that it's going to, you're going to have a lot of swelling or for some reason they can't use a cast. That's why they use these. You know this, but I'm explaining to the people who aren't in healthcare. Anyway, so he had them on both legs and he was feeling fine. So he would like lean back in his bed and cross one leg over the other and the metal would hit Ooh. each other and it would be like clink, clink, clink. And I just wanted to vomit. <laughs> yeah, that one does sound gnarly. I've seen it more so on the gross. hips, but it does, I think it does make some patients nervous. So we do try to cover them up and so they can't really see them and it, yeah, it's kind of awkward and 
it would be tough to have that. It would be, especially yeah. if you're the I'd nurse like, taking care of someone like that. <laughs> and you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> just you kidding. just put on that nurse face and just keep the Ativan coming for me. No, that's right. for the patient, that is. <laughs> that's right. I'm that's sorry. how I keep from puking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not puking. I'm fine. I'm nope. Fine. Nope. Just put on that nurse face. Big smile. <laughs> Everything's fine here. Yeah. <laughs> and do your pin care now. Yeah, that's right. You have to like clean around the pins or the... We have like an ortho tech that usually does it. Oh, really? Yeah, he comes during the day. So we're usually not supposed to like touch that stuff, I guess. Oh, that's nice. We had... Oh, this I kind of want to. Kind of a bare bones <laughs> hospital. We had to oh, do yeah. a lot well, see, of Well, see, that's kind of cool because that's when you learn to do things. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, being on night shift, we don't have all those luxuries of what they have during day shift. So sometimes we have to do a little bit more than they do on those things. But some of the doctors just want only art to touch it. Only like art? Ordered. Art is the name of the orthotech. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's what they do. Have you ever had somebody with compression syndrome? Or no, wait. What is it called? Compartment syndrome? Oh, compartment syndrome. No, I haven't, actually. I haven't either. But I just, I was thinking about that. Like, maybe that's one of the reasons why they use external fixators. If they're worried about somebody oh, yeah. having compartment syndrome. That's um, true. This is another freaky thing we'll tell you yeah, non-healthcare people about. So compartment syndrome is if you have an injury in, uh, let's say, for example, where your okay. bicep is, somewhere up in your upper arm where you're near your bicep. And it, let's say that you're having some internal bleeding and the blood starts to fill up that space in your arm so much that it pushes all the other you know, muscles and vessels around and starts to just it's like pressure. Yeah, yeah. It puts pressure on them. And then, and I don't know how much it has to be, but it's just like this massive amount of pressure to where mm -hmm. you have to like cut into the um, tissue and relieve some of the pressure or else you could lose your, lose that limb. Yeah. And like deep tissue injuries can be a cause of that, which has always freaked me out. Like what? Well, I was thinking the one time when I fell really hard when I was running uh -huh. and I like injured it to the point that I kind of freaked myself out mm -hmm. that I had, you know, bruised the bone and like caused all this pressure to essentially occur. Hmm. Cause I think like crush injuries more or less could cause it. Oh too. really? Yeah. Well, I thought for a second that Ryan had that when he had his kayaking injury. Oh yeah. Um, my boyfriend injured his shin really bad while kayaking and he didn't take care of it at first. And then, about a week later, it was super duper swollen. And, um, I was, it was so swollen that I was worried that he might have compartment syndrome because it was just yeah. like tight as could be and like shiny. And it just, anyway, he was fine. It was just a really bad, it was just hematoma. swollen. It was yeah. Just swollen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you'd rather have. Sometimes when it looks worse, it's actually better. It's <laughs> true. The body is healing. It's pretty amazing how it does it. So any crazy patient stories from this week? Um, there was, like I was saying, just Monday wasn't like the worst shift, but it was just, everyone spoke Spanish. They were all diabetic. They all seemed to have weird family situations. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of that. Um, but there wasn't anything too inappropriate, luckily. That's good. <laughs> yeah. seemed like everyone kind of had their shit together, <laughs> but if I may have not even known, because unfortunately, because some of them were speaking Spanish, so I was just like, okay, yes. No habla. Yeah. Espanol. So I was like, okay, whatever you say. 
So it seemed like everyone was fine. No one was calling for Delot at every five minutes. So that's a miracle. That was a miracle. Like, I think it's like the first night on the floor. I haven't even given any Delotted because <laughs> they gave me all the like med surgery patients. Everyone had an amputation though. Oh, nearly. Really? Well, because I had all those diabetics. Oh. So a lot of them were there for someone had their foot amputated. Somebody had like their finger amputated. Poor guy didn't. Didn't even know he had diabetes until he got to the hospital. Oh, seriously? I know. I felt bad for him. But better now to find out. That's good. Yeah. Before you get anything more amputated. So wait, he didn't even know he had diabetes and then he ended up coming in and having an amputation? Yeah. I think he had like a crush injury. Oh, Like he, you know, I got like the shittiest report ever. Mm -hmm. So later when I finally had time to look at my patients, I was like, oh, so that's the real story. That's what happened. So it sounds like he crushed his middle finger. Of course, his middle finger. So it was like this when I walk in the room. It's just... A gaping hole, even though I think he was trying to flip me off. And (laughs) (laughs) he's like, ow, I hurt. Um, And that's the same in every language, by the way. (laughs) So he had like an injury, went to urgent care, and they referred him to the ER here at Memorial. And then they ended up taking his finger, poor guy. And that's when they found out he had diabetes, you know, ran the A1C and put him on sliding scale and all these new meds. And I think he has hypertension too because hmm. his blood pressure was rising while I was there. They tend to go together, yeah. don't they? That's true. Those comorbidities. So yeah, I don't think he really had any, you know, taking any home medications or anything before. So hopefully he gets some good care, gets some good things figured out. Well, he got some himself. good care with you. That's true. Um, we had, this is stupid. We had a patient this week in the office. Uh, okay. It was the first time he had ever been there. I didn't know any of this at first. I'll, t- I'll just tell you the story kind of as it happened. So I was on the phone in the nursing office and I hear nurse, nurse. So, you know, some, some of the staff outside are calling for a nurse's help. So I come out and there's this man, uh, and he's leaning against the wall in between our office and the device clinic, which is right next door. And he's standing up and he's leaning and he's looking up and he's not answering any questions. And so I think for sure he's having a stroke. And so I start, you know, asking him questions, you know, trying to assess if he's alert and oriented. He won't respond. So I tell someone to get the doc of the day and, um, you know, to start checking vitals and we get him in a chair. And I was going to call 911 at that point, but didn't yet because I just wasn't sure. He didn't look, uh, he didn't look that bad. It just, something was off. And so then, um, finally I get out of him, oh, hand sanitizer, I'm allergic. I'll oh, no. stop breathing. Get the EpiPen. Exactly. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know people Yikes. could actually be this allergic to hand sanitizer, but yeah, that's okay. a danger they don't tell us about. <laughs> right. So, because yeah, normally we're all slathering ourselves in it yeah, it's to all protect over the, the patients. Uh, so I run and grab the EpiPen. And tell someone to call 911 because anaphylaxis, as you probably know, is super serious. You can die it's really bad. quickly. And so we have, uh, so I come back with the EpiPen and I'm telling the patient what I'm going to do just so he's aware. And I say, sir, I'm going to inject you with this epinephrine here in your thigh. And then he looks me straight in the eye and clear as a bell says, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, well, uh, uh, 
what's going on? I thought you said that you were allergic to, and you're going to stop breathing. <laughs> and then he just goes back Drama. to his raspy, raspy voice. And he says, get Steven. <laughs> and I don't know who Steven is. And somebody else thankfully happened to know that he was there with a caregiver and that's who Steven was. So they go get Steven out of the waiting room and he comes in and he's communicating with Steven in his raspy voice, but won't look at any of the rest of us. By that point, the doc of the day was there. We had canceled 911 since this guy's now talking to us. You're like, just kidding. Right. I don't need an ambulance. Never mind. Not an emergency. Oh my gosh. Nobody is actually stopping breathing. <laughs> um, so the caregiver says, oh yeah, he has an allergy to hand sanitizer. We just need to get him some fresh air. <laughs> and I'm like, is that a true allergy? That's or not an allergy. Is that an anxiety attack? <laughs> exactly. It was totally psychosomatic, which is fine. That's yeah. fine. Uh, but you know, if you're going to any doctor's office and you know that that's a reaction that you have to hand sanitizer, tell us ahead of time. If that stuff is every well, five he, feet. Did he do it himself or did someone like give him a high five after they put on some hand sanitizer? I don't or, know. Or what happened there? I don't know what the situation was because, I mean, that's just how I found him. But he was yeah. at the scheduling desk. Watch and out for like, that hand sanitizer. I know. It's the most deadly thing in our office, apparently. <laughs> um There are like three bottles of hand sanitizer up at the scheduling desk, so... I don't know if someone else walked by and put some on. He's probably smelling the smell emanating from my office because I was <laughs> sick that day and I was like rubbing it on my arms and everything. Alcohol everywhere. Exactly. So, anyway. And not the good kind. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a drama. Don't queen. fake anaphylaxis. That's ridiculous. You should have just poked him. I should What would the epi do? It would just make your heart rate go up probably. Oh, no. That stuff's terrible. If you yeah. ever, they say, because it constricts your vessels. And so then your body's recovery from that is really, uh, it's really challenging. With that, with that level of epinephrine, like what it would, yeah. Yeah. They say that there's all kinds of um, side effects when you're recovering from epinephrine. Like, you know, Like any epinephrine rate. or just EpiPen? Because I know that's I think EpiPen because yeah. it's... Um, Plus I, it goes in IM, doesn't it? Yeah. And so... I'm not sure why it's worse that way or I don't know. It's probably worse actually IV, but I think you still have some of the, effects. it might go quicker though, because well, I don't know. We were talking about it in ACLS the other day and he's mm -hmm. like, all this is going to really do is, you know, raise your heart rate and you know, it's, it's basically adrenaline. So I don't know. I was like, how much could you really give yourself and be okay? Yeah. And I know that the EpiPen is a different dose. Yeah. And, a different dose. So I'm yeah. not sure that mm -hmm. ratio or if there's any other medication in it or not. We should know this. We should, but I've never actually had to administer epinephrine. I don't I know anyone that has an allergy to anything, so I've never been around that. Yeah, I've never had to administer it either. And I was actually, this is why another reason why I was so irritated with this man, because I was so anxious about it because... I've never done it before, and I was like, oh, my God. Well, yeah, I'm about to like, stab this up, guy yeah. with a needle. And, and he's dying, and I'm going to save him. And yeah. <laughs> and also, he was wearing jeans, and I'm like, should I get his pants down so that I can go directly under the skin? Because I think if you're out in public, people can just inject it straight through oh, your yeah. pants. And I'm like, should I clean the site with alcohol first? <laughs> like, all these stupid things that you consider. And then it turned out to be a false alarm. <sighs> Well, at least he didn't waste that good epinephrine on him. That's true. <laughs> Especially now that the cost of epinephrine, epinephrine, epinephrine. <laughs> okay. So, um, that's it for today. Don't forget to come back next week. And if you can't figure out how to treat your hemorrhoids, you can always whine Wine. about it. Whine.
S. Sex. Sex. Sensual. Sensi. Sunny. San Diego. How about P? P. P. Pop. P. Popcorn. Poopy. Wait, what did he say in um, in Anchorman? He's like unique New York. Unique New York. <laughs> unique New York. <laughs> Mommy made me mash my M and M's. He did not say that. One.